This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon, my co-host. Brandon, how are you? I'm still here, Josh, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for this African Cup of Nations to get up off the ground. I feel like every, uh, it's, it's every, every week we we say, well, we should talk about African Cup of Nations in the running order. And ultimately we're like, nah, we'll just do that next episode. <laughs> It's true. And once again, we're punting on African Cup of Nations. We're going to do it next week. It's going to be a Boxing Day special, African Cup of Nations. I'm very excited about it. Uh, somehow we're going to preview two game weeks and the African Cup of Nations all at once. It's going to be very intense. <laughs> Wait, we're just going to preview the entire tournament? <laughs> no, the two. Well, uh, what nation, the, uh, you know, nations to watch during the ACON and... <laughs> It's the Christmas season. There are like 16 game weeks and an African Cup of Nations all packed together in like six weeks. Josh, I've tried to shoehorn this joke into podcasts earlier, but I, I feel like I still have to do it. But I, I have a way to uh, hack the African Cup of Nations to get ratings up. I feel like, you know, particularly here in uh, in North America, there's not a lot of interest. So we should take the Netflix model and and just do a whole season drop of the African Cup of Nations. And, I, I'm, and maybe maybe the tournament is still played live. So sure, I sure. could I go could, ahead. I could binge. I could binge the entire tournament. And they should be able to have their fun. I just don't want any press recording it. I don't want any comments about it. When the <laughs> players come back from Africa, I don't want to know what they did. <laughs> so we're going to have to be a, uh, an African Cup of Nations spoiler-free spoiler free podcast until yeah. June when Netflix drops the entire tournament. <laughs> yeah, if you see us, no, do not comment on the African Cup of Nations. I will, not, I will be intentionally avoiding all spoilers. So it was kind of a weird game week in some respects, Josh, and, and we'll talk in great detail about it. But Blake Henderson gets us started off. He says, is Kane blanking in back-to-back home games versus Hull and Burnley the biggest upset of the fantasy season so far? 
Well, no. I, I, I guess the biggest upset of the fantasy season so far would be a Sergio Aguero missing seven games with violent conduct. Uh, that was that wasn't anything I was expecting. Uh, injuries, I expect him getting two separate multi-game suspensions is is a little beyond the pale. But this is this is probably close. I mean, he's. He has not been the cane of old this year. I mean, he's had his moments. Uh, he got two two goals. Should have probably had more um, in the Swansea match a few weeks ago. But if you watch Kane, he's not. He, he, there's not that like. He's not as lethal as he's been in the past. You know, he doesn't seem as aggressive either. He, he does. He looks a little slower. He looks a little meeker. And on this very podcast, I predicted that Harry Kane was going to be among the top two striker point getters in the month of December, and that's far from yeah. true. Going into uh, yesterday's matches, I in our head-to-head, I was down. Um, I don't know, maybe like twenty points or so. Um, you know, you had um, you, you had returns from um, from Marcus Alonso and from Ibra the day before, but I was I, I was feeling okay about it because I had Captain Christian Eriksen and I had Harry Kane, and I just thought, well, you know, one goal from Eriksen or even like a couple of assists and a goal from Kane, and that's like. That could be 20 points right there, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I, I thought I had the same thought. I thought my lead wasn't really big enough. I need I had Darun sitting on my bench with his 10 points, and I needed Darun to come save me from your from your Erickson captaincy. Yeah, and so you and I were – so, you know, nothing really ha- – I mean, nothing good happened for me in that match. I had Kane, Erickson, and Vertonghen, and I picked up uh, a total of six points – I guess eight points for my double captain from – um, I did not triple captain Erickson, but I had a, <laughs> the, no, the standard double captain. I can't believe uh, you so, played your double captain chip already. <laughs> you blew that I, one. I did. You only, you only get that 38 times. I, um, yeah. So it was, it, we were talking about this before the podcast started. I, I'm having kind of a, like a rough two or three week run right now. And it's the kind of run that makes people, you were saying it's kind of the kind of run that makes people abandon their team. Yeah. There was, there's this thing in the fantasy, fantasy football fix, the website had, uh, which is a pretty good Twitter account too. They were posting about, you know, so it's like 39.8% of teams are dead teams, which they identify as uh, teams that have not changed their lineup in the last five weeks. Okay. Now, if that were true, there's like five people in our own mini league who would also be considered dead sure. teams. Yeah, <laughs> but yet they still managed to participate in all of our uh, fun email threads. Yeah, and I think there are, there's some of them are now beating me after this last game week. <laughs> uh, so it's it, it was it was actually it was kind of a frustrating week because. It was a good week for dead teams. A lot of players you might have had, you know, from the start of the season, especially Ibra, who a lot of people, if you were, if if you, you know, set up your fantasy team in game week four and then you just gave up on fantasy for the next 20 weeks, uh-huh. uh, 13 weeks, however far along we are right now, I guess we're just we finished 17. <laughs> we're podcasting from the future. <laughs> um, then you had an amazing week, right? You got 12 points doubled, but. Or um, managers who had the foresight to bring Ibra back into their team had a great sure, week. Sure, sure. Well, obviously that took, yes. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I'm saying it's, it's, it may have skewed the results a little bit this game week. But um, but nevertheless, you know, I, I think everyone has, in any given season, you have this, this you know, Nick Cummings, the guy who runs the um, Transfer Hub website, which uh, is generous enough to share a podcast every week. Um, I know he had this run of like seven red arrows, and he's, you know, one of the, one of the absolute top fantasy managers. And it just happens sometimes. I mean, I look at my team and I, I can't believe how much lower my score was from everyone else because, you know, seven of the 11 players I have with, you know, are, are in common with the, like the other top managers in the league. And it's just these little moments, these little things. And, um, I believe, so, we, I believe yeah. we once promoted a fake children's book on this podcast called everybody blanks. So, yeah. uh, it could happen to you and it's fine. It's totally normal. 
Don't worry exactly. about it. You can't get too upset about it. Last last year was a more frustrating season. This year, I feel like I'm I'm just I, it's a little unlucky, but um, yeah, I feel like I already know the pattern of this season for me, which is what kind of last year's pattern, uh, which is that you know I hover in the high hundred thousands for longer than I want. And then I kind of slowly climb. I mean, I made up about a million spots last year over the last 10 weeks of the season. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, there's still whatever, whatever there's a 20, 21 weeks left in the season. So, um, I'm, you know, if, if you're, if you're still hovering in the high hundred thousands, um, which actually there was somebody who wrote to us, um, Amar, Amar uh, Kiyum, uh, said, uh, hoping the cup will help me stop taking hits. Uh, I'm sitting at a terrible 650K overall and throwing hits at everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you gotta, just got to keep playing it aggressively. You know, I think that um, especially with the um, with double game weeks coming up and, um, you know, some players are going to get injured. And if you're if you're paying attention, you're going to be able to get out ahead of that. So I think that, you know, it's but I think being aggressive is, is still the way to go, because, um, you know, I think about my own kind of bad luck this week, which is that I. Uh, when I was picking my defense, uh, I guess two game weeks ago, I, I had to get Jan Vertonghen in instead of Danny Rose, uh, and I was 0.1 shy of bringing in Danny Rose, Oof. and that 0.1 million ended up costing me like 15 points all told, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been that kind of season for me. Uh, a lot of you know sort of close calls and bringing in players a game week too late or whatever. So I tr- and I, know, and I, I yeah, and I tried to. Um, I tried to cut that off of the pass. It was sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where I had Mane for a pretty good run, and I thought, well, this isn't going to last, and I, I, I wanted to swap him for Hazard. And, of course, that net gain for me was, well, let's see. I brought Hazard in the week before he didn't even play, so that and, and for a hit and for a minus four hit, so right. that's minus four right out, right out of the gate, and then he gets three points uh, over the weekend, so that's a minus <laughs> one net. Dropped him for Mane, who scores ten uh, right. against Everton and three the prior week, so I guess that's a. Uh, I lost 14 points on <laughs> right. that one one transfer. I guess it's the other side of, of aggression. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, it, it certainly – well, I don't know. I thought it was a little – I can understand the move because in some ways it's a defensive move, right? Because you think, you know, Eden Hazard, you know, way to Chelsea and Crystal Palace, two teams that have terrible defenses. Although Sunderland's playing a little bit better um, the last few weeks. They definitely are. Yeah, and it was – I wanted to cover Hazard's points, and you – and you saw it again against Everton um, on on Monday night or tonight when we're recording that something is going on at Liverpool. They clearly really miss Coutinho. Fernando right. had a couple of good moves on goal, but he's still not scoring anything. And right. you just feel that the magic is is the air is leaving the Liverpool balloon, and everyone was kind of jumping ship. And I thought, well, I'll just I'll just jump ship with everybody else. Yeah. So. And, in the, in the end, though, you actually had a pretty good game week, right? I mean, you, how many points did you finish on this game week? Yeah, I finished with 55 points, and United really helped me here. I got a De Gea clean sheet and Ebra with uh, 12 points with his uh, deflected goal. Uh, there were a couple shots for OG on Twitter, very briefly. Um, Mesut Ozil, thanks for nothing again. Um, <laughs> and I, I captained Costa, which um, it was a classic Costa game week and that he gets the... Um, he gets the game-winning goal, but he gets no bonus points. And okay, the thing I love about—I I, I thought he picked a, he picked up one bonus point, didn't he? He did pick up one bonus point, but you you kind of hope from a game's lone goal scorer who who plays virtually the entire game 
is going to fare a little better than that. I mean, yeah. he's in the same boat as Ibra. But owning, it, owning, owning Costa but not captaining him, that was like the perfect return for me yeah. going into Sunday. It was like I, I didn't want to get no points from him, but six was like a, a nice steady number. So have you noticed that – so some players, when they want to get their manager to sub them off the field, they do the whole like uh, their their hands rotating like the traditional sub-me-out coach move. Right, right. And Costa's move now is not to do that, but he just lays down on the ground. <laughs> you know, the hand rotating move is actually it's, – it's a dance move if you like do it faster and lean your head back. Oh, right? sure. Like yeah. sort of a, a- Antonio yeah. has done that a number of times after, after scoring goals. <laughs> The thing that so, really, the, so yeah, as you say, on the whole, pretty good week. But the thing that really kind of threw me was, and a lot of managers had Darun first on their bench, and you just knew Iannaccio was going to come in for a one-pointer. I mean, there was faith when Jesus Navas got subbed in in that City game. He was the second sub for Pep Guardiola, and I thought, okay, he'll just go totally defensive. What does yeah. he have to gain from bringing the Nacho man in? And uh, sure enough, he did one point versus ten points for Darun. Yeah, although I, I feel like the the original sin there was was not playing Darun over um, Kapu. Uh, Kapu, uh, which I, I think I would have played Darun in that state. And did he not play at midweek or something? I mean, was there? I feel like if if I have Darun, that's like the one game I want to play him is is home to Swansea. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Watford is going to be the albatross that I wear for a lot of this season, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like we all got really hot on Watford for a while, and now they're just trolling our teams massively. I mean, Br- Bredos has worked out pretty well for you. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, Brandon, before we get into uh, the heart of the episode, I want to talk quickly about the um, uh, Abdullah Al Mamoon says. Uh, you know, the biggest question right now is. You know, you got all of these fixtures coming up. You have you have three fixtures in, you know, like about nine days or so. I think right. It's like it runs from the twenty sixth to the twenty sixth, thirtieth, and then on the um, the second. Okay, to the second. So yeah, so you have you have three fixtures in like eight days, and you know, how do you prepare for that? What do you do to get ready for that? And the answer is, you can't really do anything. Uh, any of the work that you need to do to be prepared for that, you had to do a few weeks ago, I think. I mean, it's not worth burning four points to bring in a different. The problem is you don't necessarily know. I mean, you can kind of you can be quick about it. I mean, I think that, you know, if somebody gets injured, you're going to place them quickly. If somebody is, um, you know, if, if, if Arsene Wenger comes out and says, I'm not going to play Alexis Sanchez for this this fixture or whatever. OK, well, be careful know, what you say, Josh. People are people are going to take that out of context and and burn you alive on social media. Mm, that's true. I'm going to get roasted royally. <laughs> but I think that it's, it's, I feel like I've, in, in past years, I've spent a lot of energy trying to prepare myself for the festive fixtures. And outside of setting your team, I, I don't know that there's a ton you can do. I mean, I, I'm not sure that it's really that valuable to swap out a fifth defender for another fifth defender. Cause in most cases, any any four million player you're going to bring in is not really going to be worth that much anyway. Um, you know, although I will say Ake on Bournemouth is a player that I absolutely wish that I had right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is unbelievable, and I think his price is he still four point three million. He's or maybe it's four point four. Um, 
Yeah, yeah that's Brito's territory, 4.4. Yeah. Yeah, he's 4.4. He can't play this, this upcoming game week, but that's that's all right because it's a way to Chelsea anyway. Uh, but they've got some pretty good fixtures coming up. The Swansea, Watford, Crystal Palace. I mean, it's 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 not like an amazing run or anything like that, but a 4.4 million defender who has racked up three goals in his last six matches. Yeah, dude uh, gets forward. Pretty phenomenal. And six bonus points at that, too. So uh, definitely a player worth, worth, worth you know trying to bring in if you can. I always think of the festive uh, fixture period as the period that uh, Ed and Jekko built. Like this, this was always the, this is was always the time of the year that was perfect for Jekko. There was usually going to be some rotation or some injury to do with Aguero, and you bring him in, you bring Jekko in for one game week, and uh, and you sort of somebody who is kind of almost guaranteed to score a goal, right? And uh, it's 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 sort of cheeky punt season. I think period. there. There is a strategy, I think. I think it's it's you watch the Boxing Day fixtures, you see who's rested for that fixture, and that's the player that you try to bring in for the next two fixtures. Yeah, right. Um, because you know, I think this happened last year with with Arsenal or Wenger. He, I think, every defender got rested in one match. I think I had Hector Bellerin at the time, and I think he was rested, you know, in a away match to Southampton or something like that. But he, you know, he like he bookended both those. So you just have to like. If you can get that player who was rested early, that's the player to try to bring in. So that's, you know, it, we, we can't be too specific right now because we just don't know who's going to be playing yet. But uh, something to keep an eye out for. All right, Brandon, before we get to uh, the our Patreon page and uh, the all, uh, Hail Cheater Super League meltdown of the week, what, what, what are we actually going to be talking about in the heart of this episode this week? Josh, at the heart of the episode, we have three key topics. And what we're going to talk about are top strikers. So Diego Costa is on the tip of everyone's tongue. He is uh, out with a yellow card suspension. What does that mean for our teams? Next topic, third strikers. So this is the uh, hole in our team left by dear old Charlie Austin. Um, damn you. And Troy Deeney's inability to, <laughs> to, to perform. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we have a Troy Deeney tribute section coming up in the podcast. And also fourth midfielders, um, sort of a kapu disease that has riddled uh, many of the teams in, in the FPL this season. But Brandon, first, let's talk about a couple different things. One, Patreon. Uh, as we talked this about is, in last week, this is the house cleaning section. This is the house cleaning section, exactly, and, and the thank you section. Uh, we started a Patreon page. It's Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, we have links on our Twitter, Facebook, and uh, on the website. We're in our December pledge drive. Uh, we're trying to get people to uh, to come out and support the podcast, and we're offering a couple different things to get people to do that. Um, hopefully, lot, I mean, there hope- are lots of worthy charities out there that you you can make <laughs> donations in in your, right. your family's name and and leave leave these little notes under the Christmas tree. Um, right, right. And, and we're up there in terms of very worthy, uh, uh, worthy causes. That that's that's very true. Uh, so if people pledge uh, two dollars, they can join our second half league. Uh, we'll be starting that in game week nineteen. I'm going to send everybody out the codes next week. Um, I'm going to send them all at once um, because um, it's kind of a technical thing. But I just I just I, I want it to be very clean and, and all out at once, so no one gets confused. Um, I guess that's not very technical. Um, but <laughs> you want a good, technical, a good technical, clean rollout it, for the it's second half for league. Me or, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be like forgetting who I emailed and it's going to turn into a huge mess. Um, so. 
we have uh, don't the second forget half to de-dupe league. that mailing list before you send out the codes, Josh. So you can join our second half league. You can join our knockout league, which is a, a league that we're starting just just for fun. This isn't really even a fantasy league. It's just something we thought would be kind of a cool thing for people to do, and that is uh, you pick one team every game week, and that team just has to not lose that particular game week. Uh, and the the trick here is that uh, you can't pick the same team twice. Uh, so that will also start in game week 19, and I'll send everybody out a link um, on uh, on Boxing Day to, to get the word out about that. So, so the real trick there is how long you, can you go without picking Chelsea? Right, exactly. Or or maybe you know Arsenal at, at home to you know whatever. Exactly. So it's it's kind of tricky. Uh, it might be too late for Arsenal. They're already in there. Like you know, Arsenal's not winning soon. another game the rest of the season. <laughs> I called it. So uh, yeah, so you can do that, and then if you if you if you pledge five dollars a month, you can actually get uh, some always treating pins sent to you. Although real swag from the podcast. That's true. Although pe- people haven't been as excited about the pins as I as I thought. <laughs> I mean, we've actually had we've had people who've been giving us at the highest reward level, and they're still like, nah, I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm good without the pins. <laughs> these are these are vintage uh, vintage always cheating pins as well. They've got the classic always cheating branding on there. If you if you guys were listening last season, it's got the uh, the cool green color that makes you look very sporting when you're out on the street hanging out with your friends talking chatting shit about your FPL team. That's right. Exactly. So, uh, so I wanted to, uh, so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go. And I also wanted to add, we're going to do a couple of special exclusive podcasts as well on there. Uh, next week we're going to record a, um, a, a, a fantasy year in review. We're going to do the first, the first 18 or half year in review. Um, look at the first 18 game weeks, uh, see where we are, uh, you know, who performed, who met expectations, who, who didn't, uh, we'll maybe we'll take a deeper dive into the hill shooter, super league, uh, stuff like that. Just kind of like, not necessarily strategy stuff, but just sort of like, here's the state of fantasy at the end of the, uh, at the end of the calendar year. And so that'll be an exclusive thing on the podcast, or I mean, that'll be exclusive on the, on the page itself. I will also review, um, how to win at fantasy always. So if you want oh, to perfect. learn, if you want to learn that, I I suggest you subscribe to our Patreon page. <laughs> I think it involves cheating, right? Oh, always cheating, right? Uh, so you can go there. Uh, we're going to run this through December 30th. I'm not sure if we can even keep. We've got to figure out this whole Patreon thing. But I, I think that if if you want to support the podcast, do it before uh, December 30th in order to get into these leagues. And um, if you get you can get access to the uh, the podcast here. So we'll do one in mid season. I think we'll probably do a couple more throughout the year too. I was thinking we could do some exclusive strategy podcasts where we have people on just to do more of like an evergreen dive into you know, picking your fourth and fifth defenders or something like really uh, nerdy and niche that like, you know, eight people will like, you know, including me. <laughs> so, um, but before we just to briefly, I just want to uh, thank the people who have donated so far. Um, and you know, Brendan, I'm actually going to have you do this cause you're, you don't stumble over words quite as much as I do. I generally don't stumble over words, but I am genuinely so surprised that people actually donated to our Patreon that I might actually like break down and, and, and tearful <laughs> joy as I read these things, but I will give it a try. All and, right. And we are, we are truly thankful for everyone digging the show and contributing in this manner. So at the top tier level, which we're calling the the showstoppers level, as as everyone knows, this season, the Great British Bake Off has kind of been a running, um, not so much gag, but just uh, per, uh, loving insp- inspiration. Tribute. Yeah, love, loving <laughs> tribute. So at the showstoppers uh, level, we've got to thank Scott Gilshannon, Michael Broadbent, Shane Deere, Trevor Ingerson, Arnie Magnuson, and Jim Payne. Uh, guys, we, we all love you and thank you for your 
contribution. Special shout out to Jim Payne for being the first person to donate when I like sweatily put this page up. And uh, <laughs> good job, Jim. Uh, we're, we're definitely definitely feeling your support here. And at the at the next level, the the next uh, level below, we're calling it the technical challenge level. Dave Wegner, Lodal, Andrew Cook, Stephen Griffin, Sigurd Eskeland, Lojun, and Jeff Petter, Ken Rooney. Andrew Pop, Jack Walsh, Kevin Musaman, and Gavin Doyle rounding out the technical challenge level. And uh, the next level below that, Josh, what are we calling that? That We're calling that the opening bake level, Brandon. So at the opening bake level, David McEwen, Daniel King, Sean Comiskey, Craig Bright, William Syme, Ian Stimson, and Pavlos and Anagnu. God, it was the one name at the very end that tripped me up, but Pavlos, uh, much respect uh, and gratitude to you. Yeah, and serious thank you to everybody. Much, much appreciated. And uh, once again, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And uh, we'll stop doing these in December. So don't, if you, if you, if you don't want to donate, uh, that's okay. And we'll stop talking about it soon. Yeah, the podcast, as always, remains free. Now let's do <laughs> some shout outs for people who, um, who earned it not with dollars, but with FPL points. It's the Hail Cheaters Super League. And uh, we have a new top 10. That's right. Uh, top ten. There's some old favorites in there. Feels, yeah. It, it feels, it feels a little different this time around. I mean, you, you still got your your David Fellheims. You still got your Mitchell Maynards, but you know, it's it's changed up a little bit. There's so some new first, teams in town. Yeah, in first place, we've got the Wire, uh, Keelan McCardle, uh, on one thousand twenty-seven points. Yeah, total. I looked it up, and uh, Keelan is ranked four hundred and ninety in the world at the moment. So top five hundred. Nice job, Keelan. Welcome aboard. It's a yeah, and the four hundred eighty nine people above it. Why are they not? Why are they not listening to the podcast, Brandon? What's I think they're. I think they're intimidated. They're probably all dead teams, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, a team. Arshan Batwala is in second. Uh, okay, Yozi G is in third, uh, which I think is new to the top ten. Yeah, welcome uh, Yozi. Welcome Yozi. Uh, the Cuddly Koalas. David Felheim in fourth place. Reykjavik Runners, uh, Bjart Wath Helgeson is in fifth. I hope I said that correctly nice or close job, enough. Josh with Bart's yeah, name. Thank you. Eat the Kapue, Patrick Connolly in sixth place. Uh, cream, uh, creamy. I'm a big fan of that name to be. Uh, uh, yeah, and I do like Eat the Kapue followed by Creamy. It's a nice one-two punch. <laughs> oh Brian, Brian, that's, Brian one for, that's one for you, Lucian, if you're listening you, with your disgusting team names. BTSTU, Mitch Maynard is in eighth place. Mitch, our, our old our old buddy uh football joke fc chris allison is a ninth and king kunta fc simon tg faded is in 10th place congratulations simon i think he's also new to the top 10 so uh well done to you nice job simon your score total score is a palindrome 989 points and for that you should donate to our patreon page (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so those are the managers that did well in game week 17 on to the managers that did not do well. Our meltdowns of the week. First up, Thomas Owen says spent all season thinking my place in the prestigious cup was safe only to read a place is given to the top 2 million in game week 17. Not by season rank should have triple captain Pickford. Okay. I, I have to say I have never cared about the FPL cup. Uh, it maybe is because I've like somehow never been able to get past like even like when I've had like two like epically good seasons, I was never able to get like more than two weeks into the FPL Cup. It's it's the most random thing in the world. I mean, you're playing like four million people or two million people, whatever it is. Yeah, What's I, the best you've ever done in the FPL Cup? I think I made it four weeks, and that I was yeah. I was sort of riding high. 
<laughs> exactly. It's so fluky because you play some dead team, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, no, no offense to anybody who's like a winner of the FPL Cup is listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're a loser. <laughs> you thought you were a winner all this time. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about, about it too much. Thomas Owen, you're in the greatest league of all. The Hail Cheaters Super League. So don't yeah, do not worry about it. We should also mention if anyone's listening to the podcast for the first time, you can still join the Hail Cheaters Super League, the greatest league of all. And just go to our website or any of our social media pages and the join code is there. Yeah, Brandon, let's take a breather. Let's come back and let's get into the, the meat of the podcast, the heart of the podcast. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Joshua, we're back, and we're talking about top strikers. James Drury kicks it off. He says, here's to you. Raise a glass for everyone. Here's to them. Underneath that burning sun, do they know it's Aguero time at all? Mm. Now, I would tip my hat to James, especially if he were to have uh, shoehorned Brock Tune into that uh, <laughs> song lyric. Uh-huh. <laughs> Such as it is, though, um, I did enjoy it. So thanks, James, for sending that in. But the, the question I'm still a little I'm a little burned still about J- James beating my two points in the uh, Showstoppers League. <laughs> I needed I needed someone I needed Everton to be able to score a freaking goal at home and they could not do it. Uh, Everton. Uh, Luke Thunberg also has Brock Tune on his mind. He says, yes, please discuss Aguero time. I'm planning on foregoing Zlatan for a stocky Argentine. So is Luke saying that the Ibra bandwagon is over even before it began? Because when the uh, yellow card came out for Costa, immediately, I think, um, the word cloud for Zlatan Ibrahimovic kind of exploded <laughs> on social media. And everyone just said, well, I, I, I well, guess Luke, it's Luke is a bit, you know, Luke, Luke, who's turned himself into a bit of a, of a minor FPL celebrity, if you will. You know, a, a leading voice on, uh, on the FPL, I would argue. There are, there uh, are no minor celebrities in the FPL world, Josh. <laughs> We're all major celebrities. Notice I shoehorned us into that. Uh, yeah, so, but Luke has been anti-Ebra the whole time. I mean, I know he was he was on the uh, the Troy Deeney versus Ebra argument a few months ago, and I can't really argue with Luke too much because he's doing quite well this season, and my season is, uh, you know, fl- okay, here's my new excuse, Brandon. My new excuse is I had a baby this year. Uh, if I was doing spectacularly well in the Fantasy League my first year with a baby, I should feel really bad about myself, right? Because my priorities would be out of line. So if things don't go well, that's not my fault. I've heard you. I've I've heard I've heard this story before. It was I'm planning a wedding, and then the next season it was I'm having a wedding, and then it's we're pregnant, and then we had a baby. Here's what I want you to do, Josh. I'm two time league champ. Sometimes, sometimes I can do it. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we won't forget that. Like you, you have had your seasons where you've you've done extremely well. I want to test this theory though. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Josh, I need you to do two things for me. Right. I need you to uh, leave your baby. And leave uh-huh. your wife and devote yourself entirely to a fantasy season. And if you if it turns out you do really well, then it's true that these 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 um, these familial commitments are just weighing you down. That's true. All right. And maybe then I'll finally have Luke Thunberg's respect. <laughs> but I, I hear what Luke is saying, though, in terms of Zlatan. I, I am a Zlatan owner and it's never fun watching him play because he's just sort of a, a, a lumbering guy. He's. And the goal, even he scores good goals and he scores weird goals. Like the the second goal he scored over the weekend, it was kind of deflected. Um, I mean, he had the hubris to actually take the shot. Um, 
but he has never this season. The move, looked, the he, move for that goal was amazing, though. I mean, it was true. deflected, but it was such a beautiful move. Yeah, he, he flicked the ball between those two defenders. He's he's just still somehow doesn't look like a must have. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, his price makes everything really tricky. I mean, if he were even in that ten million range, it'd be easier to bring him in. I mean, I actually wouldn't even be able to do it without burning points, and that so he doesn't really appeal to me. Let's okay. So yeah. So just to just to give this thing a little bit of a frame here. Um, you, we, okay, we have we have kind of three different players we want to talk about here. I guess you could include four if you want to talk about Kane. Um, well, and you have to talk about Kane because their fixtures are still fantastic going into, you know, right into the new year. So you have Sergio Aguero, who's about to come back from injury after the next game week. So he's still out for the Hall match, quite unfortunately. Um, but then, I mean, if, if Sergio Aguero is not out for the Hall match, he would be the most important player. In fact, like he would, he would be the most, <laughs> the most must-own captain ever. Yep. Uh, but now you get you got Aguero coming back from from a four game suspension. You've got Ibra who's been scoring you know every single game week. You have Kane who's not scoring even when he really should be scoring and looking pretty out of form in general. And you have Dave Acosta who is uh, suspended for a week, uh, but then comes back. And from there the fixtures are they're okay. They're pretty good. I mean they're so they're home to Stoke the first match he comes back, which is a great fixture. Then they're away to Tottenham and Leicester. Leicester match, maybe not a huge concern, but the Tottenham match, I wouldn't expect him to go like crazy in that match. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe he scores a goal or something like that. Um, so if you were to drop Diego Costa right now, I, I think, it, I don't know if the problem is, is Ibrahimovic is 35 years old. So <laughs> I have to think he's not going to play every single one of these matches. Yeah. And Jose Mourinho has said as much that, He's 35 and he can't play, you know, 35 game weeks, right. Uh, right. let alone all. Th- I mean, he hasn't he there's no way he can play 38 game weeks because he's been suspended for for one right. already. But um, so I don't know. Box, box, I, Boxing Day, Man United plays middle uh, Sunderland at home. Uh, like three days later, they play Middlesbrough at home. Two amazing home fixtures back to back and they play West Ham away. Marcus Rashford has barely been playing the last few game weeks. You don't think Marcus Rashford won't, won't start one of his two game weeks? Maybe he'll start, but he'll start with Zlatan. I, I, I don't. You don't know. think it, he'll get any? You don't think he'll get any rest three games in eight days? It's very confusing that I don't. If if you were to get a rest, it's it's strange way to manage his minutes that if. If Zlatan starts, he always plays the full 90. Now, maybe Zlatan says it's humiliating for Zlatan to be subbed out of the game and I don't want to walk off the field. Um, I don't know. I feel like if he's in this rich vein of form and he's one of, like, the, he's the only guy on that team scoring goals at the moment, they they can't yeah. they, they they can't disrupt the form that they're currently in. If Slaton is crucial to that, he will play through any fatigue, and I think he'll start Fair every enough. game. Fair enough. I mean, you you definitely could be right. And if I had Slaton, I certainly wouldn't be thinking about dropping him. Obviously, uh, but I do think that I don't know that I would be bringing points to bring in Slaton. Yeah, I I would agree. My my yeah my situation is so I'm sitting on um, Nacho Man. Uh, Zlatan and Costa, and I am holding Costa, and I think we've, we're probably recommending that everyone holds Costa through this one-week suspension. Because what am I sure. going to do? Am I going to bring in Harry Kane for the Southampton fixture? 
which is not terribly enticing. Come on. Please. Come on. Come on now, man. What you thinking? Okay, so let's 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 get right into the um what what James what, the, the question we haven't actually answered at all, uh, which is what James and Luke were asking about uh, Sergio Aguero. So okay, doesn't play the hall match, uh, which is game week eighteen. So game week nineteen, twenty, and twenty one, uh, Man City play away to Liverpool, which is which is fine. Uh, I mean, you know, they'll score they'll score some goals in that match. Uh, home to Burnley, and then away to Everton. Now you don't think? I mean, Pep Guardiola is a aggressive substituter and formation changer. Uh-huh. I mean, Aguero has not played for four weeks, four game weeks in a row. Right. Uh-huh. And I guess, I guess one of those is midweek. So let's say it's, it's three game weeks in a row and I uh, didn't actually even start the final champions league match. So he really is. He's very fresh. Do you think that he would sub him or, or you know, they like haven't come up the bench for one of those matches. Yeah. And would one of those matches be, the match you would least want him to come off the bench for, which would be the home match to Burnley. It's like, I, I, I don't want to be like super cautious here, but can you imagine burning four points to bring him in for that Burnley match and then having him rest? That would be so annoying. Yeah. Uh, it would totally destroy your team and it would destroy your holiday vacations. <laughs> it could, it could ruin your life, but it could also be brilliant. I mean, if he scores like four goals or something, then it'd be, you know, incredible. It would be incredible. Oh, okay. So here's here's the counterpoint here. Uh, you really can't have th- all three. You can't have three. You have to have two, right? So you know, some people might think, all right, well, let me drop, let me drop Costa and bring in Aguero. Let me drop Costa and bring in Ibrahimovic. Ken Rooney, friend of the podcast, donor on the Patreon page, uh, says Costa is the most consistent and highest scoring forward in the game. Will those who sold him because of a one game suspension regret it very soon? Probably yes. I don't know why you wouldn't think so. I mean, given what he's done basically every game week since the season started, there's no reason to think that he isn't going to be the, you know, he's going to be the golden boot winner, golden boot winner at the very least, you know, right up there with 20 plus goals in the season. I mean, he, he looks great and he's scoring kind of every way that you want a top strike. He's scoring the way Harry Kane scored last year, which is that he kind of, he can he can score on, on like on the trot. He can score a headed goal. I mean, the goal he scored this week was kind of a creative, creative little yes, it was header. You know, is I, you know, he can score on rebounds. I mean, he's just he's so locked in this season, and um, I definitely don't want to drop him. I mean, I, I think the move for me is to um, maybe not. I, I'm actually I'm, I'm thinking about saving a transfer and turning uh Kane into Aguero and uh just get given I mean it's it's kind of annoying to do that because Tottenham you know they're I don't know I mean their Tottenham's fixtures could do get a little bit worse they're their way to Southampton um and then their way to Watford and they play, they play Chelsea and they play West Brom and those two games are at home so it's it's not as good as it was two weeks ago and if Kane can't deliver at home to uh to Hull and Burnley there's really no reason to think that he's suddenly gonna take charge, you know, way to Southampton or something like that. Yeah, no, that's a lot of money uh, taken up on your budget from a guy that's not performing. We'd be having the same conversation about Aguero and or Zlatan or any of these guys if they were not scoring against teams that Kane right. has not been scoring against. All right, so if we if we were projecting out, let's say, through the next, uh, let's say the next eight game weeks, all right, if you had to pick, if you had to rank these four strikers, Costa, Aguera, Ibra, Kane, over the next eight game weeks, uh, which which ones would you want to have? 
Uh, definitely Diego Costa, number one with a bullet, because I think the whole team is rallying. Well, the whole team is just playing cohesively, but I think at the same time, based on some post-match interviews, they seem to also be rallying around the form that Costa is in, and they want him to be right. scoring those goals. He's number and no, one. And, and, and no Champions League in February to, to go back to. Yeah, I don't see really any rotation risk so long as Costa can stay healthy. And I think the yellow card is almost a, a blessing going into this festive period where, like I was saying, how he basically is is a, a couple games out of the last month. He's just laid down like he like he just died in the middle of the field to get a substitution. He's clearly yeah. tired and he needs he needs a week off and, and he'll get it. Um, so that's good for Costa. So bench him and bring him back. Um into your starting 11 the following week. Number two, I mean, if Zlatan can keep up this form, um, why not him? Uh, Sergio Aguero for um, this entire season, if he hasn't been out suspended for violent conduct, we've been hemming and hawing about, is he out of form? Does Pep even like him? And he's he's had a lot of question marks around him. Now, of course, he's had game weeks where he's he's scored a weird brace against Burnley. But based on form, you have to go Ibra for me. It's Costa and Ibra. Yeah, it's the Ibra thing is it's one of those things you have to get over as a fantasy manager. I mean, I, I stuck with Ibra for so long during his his fallow period, you know, game yeah. weeks, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, I was holding on while everyone else was rejiggering their team and bringing Alexis Sanchez. And I was, I was holding firm with Ibra and. You know, you 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 wrote it out. You know, you were able to 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 you know wait until he got back into form. And I know you brought him out and brought him right back. But yeah, for Lukaku uh, to blank against uh, Swansea City, thanks a lot, Big Rom. <laughs> uh, God, that yeah, we didn't even talk about Lukaku right now because I, I you know I actually thought he was kind of a tempting option because they're about to play a Leicester team that's missing their top two defenders, Robert Huth and Christian Fuchs are both out for that game week, and you know you can't you can't rotate Lukaku out right. There's no one else to. to play for him basically so uh it was really tempting because they play that game they play a you know a, a lesser squad without a defense followed by uh, a way to hull and so it's really tempting but i just don't know um who's going to pass him the ball i mean you know it just there's no one to give him the ball <laughs> will it be you barkley no will it be you no. lennon no unfortunately ross barkley has these streaks of 20 to 25 weeks a season where he stops performing and he's He's right in the middle of it right now. I, I don't even know. How did he score against Arsenal? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, yeah, if anyone's going to be getting the ball to Lukaku, it looks like it's going to be Gareth Barry, and they didn't start him against Liverpool. Um, right, which was, right. I guess I, see the, uh, I guess I see the logic there. They wanted a quicker team. But, yeah, if Gareth Barry is the only guy who's creating chances for your, for your, from your midfield, that's a problem. I guess I would go uh, Diego Costa a well-rested Sergio Aguero, Ibrahimovic, and Kane. And, uh, and this is, this is you know, this is a, so it's kind of a long-term thing. Over, over the next eight weeks, that, that's, that's the order I'd want things. And, um, and so I think Kane is probably on its way out. I think one, one move that I would consider would be um, moving, you know, waiting a week, so not burning a transfer this week or even burning four the following week, and turning Hazard into... Um, into uh, Coutinho if he's if he's back and healthy, and then using that money to turn uh, Kane into Aguero. I think that would be a a fruitful move. Yeah, that's like uh, that's quite a few moves. You've thought this one through. I, I've been thinking about it a little bit because I, I feel like I need to get rid of both Kane and uh, and Hazard. So I mean, Hazard, I'm not going to get rid of for this game week because they're home to Bournemouth and they don't have Diego Costa. And so 
I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for Hazard to kind of be the central option in that game. I mean, I might even captain Hazard for that Bournemouth match. I mean, I think he's really going to. Um, it's it's a match that's 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 well suited, I think, to his his abilities. I have a social media project for all of our listeners. I want everyone out there to um, tweet um, hashtag. I want you to tweet Hazard hashtag I believe, and through our, <laughs> through our belief, we will get him to start scoring points again. Uh, the, you know, what's going to happen is he's going to score like like a hat trick at home to Bournemouth, and then I'm going to like I'm going to feel committed to my like. Hazard to Coutinho plan, and uh, it's, just, it's all going to be a mess. I mean, I can't drop Hazard if he scores like three goals, right? No. Hashtag I believe. <laughs> all, all right. right. Next, this, next topic. This brings us, it, it sort of feeds right into the, the next topic, which is uh, third strikers. Uh, now that now that Charlie Austin, who never should have played in the Europa League, is out for, I don't know, a few months or something. Um, Josh, we need you to dislocated find... your shoulder a few times. You did. You weren't out of the game for that long. No, I was not. I was not. Uh, so what are you doing? Right now I've got Christian Benteke. I you know, kind of wish I had Origi, but, I, I, you know, and, and Origi actually, he should continue to get minutes because uh, Sadio Mane is about to leave for the African Cup Nations, and I think that you can play. I, can you play Origi in that slot? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a... I, I do think that he'll continue to get minutes just because he's, he's performed so well the yes, last few weeks. I agree. Klopp clearly really likes him, and he's brought him. He's yeah. He's brought him up like he started playing him quite a bit toward the end of last season. I think Klopp really does like him, and I agree. If when Mane's away, um, it's Rigi. I what am I thinking of doing right now? I have like this unsolvable problem of uh, Ianacho, and I, I I'm just not blown away by any of these options. Be it. Dini, I mean, Benteke is out of my price range. Benteke and Defoe are out of my price range at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Negredo, I I don't think anyone was um, wooed by those two goals he scored against Swansea, lovely as they were. Uh, first goal was pretty good. I, I mean, they were, they yeah, were good goals, yeah. but I... I mean, he's we, been a little he's been a little streaky this season. It would it would be I, I, the ideal situation would be for Troy Dini to start to perform up to his his abilities, you know, and that would, that would be, that would make things a lot easier. This is a Watford drought for Dini. Yeah. I mean, for, cause Watford, they play Crystal Palace, Stoke and uh, Middlesbrough in three of the next four matches, Middlesbrough, excuse me, uh, three of the next four matches. Uh, I, you know, it'd be nice if he was performing, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I mean, and our beloved Okaka is not the reliable player that we thought he was going to be. Hey, I think Okaka, Okaka really should be this season's, uh, Dia Mercy and Bacani, right? I mean, what a, what a wonderful player Okaka is. He's, he's got the personality. He's got the flair. He's, he pops his collar just like, just like a, a good guy should. Yeah. He weighs like 13 stone. He's very close to being a Bush album. He is. <laughs> He's three stone away. <laughs> uh, what about Colin Wilson? I mean, I, I, I've, I like his playing style. He was a fan yeah. favorite last season, but um, he's not really gotten off the mark with Bournemouth this year. Wilson, Wilson doesn't. He doesn't appeal to me because uh, he never. He very rarely plays more than sixty minutes. I think they're trying to trying to preserve him, uh, or maybe maybe it's just you know they're being careful because he's come back from that knee injury or something, but. Yeah, I mean, there there is not a lot to be excited about here. I think uh, Lorente is an interesting option. 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, and I see no reason to think that he won't continue to start, um, you know, week in and week out. He's a veteran player. I, I think he'll know how to, you know, marshal his energy or whatever. Sure. Um, and they yeah. have a decent run of fixtures. But here's the thing. Swansea is the worst team in the league. Yeah, I know. But they're they're good at home and they have some home matches coming up. So, I mean, we're, 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 we're like, you know, we're skimming off the bottom here, Brandon. <laughs> Now, Andy Carroll was uh, everyone's um, – everyone had their eye on Andy Carroll going into this game week. It looked like he was he was guaranteed to start, which he did. Um, he didn't get injured, which was good, the good news. The bad news is he did not score a goal. Yeah, and I just I, – I, I don't think he's going to start during all these Christmas fixtures, so – you know, I I was I was not really on the Carol bandwagon. I mean, I think uh, Solomon Rondon is kind of interesting. I mean, we're just we're just picking names out here, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> it's really they're, yep, they're all the names. I guess spending a little more for Christian Benteke, uh, I think he's an interesting third option. I mean, they they kind of just got through some like a really tough run for them where they played um, they played Chelsea and uh, who did they play before that? Was it Man City or something? I, I Here's the appeal of Christian Benteke. Um, he's actually guaranteed to start, plus he's on penalties. Uh, some of these other guys are on penalties as well, but... Um, of, yeah, of Jermaine, I think J- Jermaine Defoe, too. I mean, I, I, I guess... Because Defoe is going to start, and he's on penalties as well, and he's, he just picks up random assists, too. I mean, I think maybe Defoe is actually a little more appealing than Benteke long-term. I suppose, yes. Yeah. So Sunderland, they have Southampton away. Then it's Watford. Wait, no, I'm reading Spurs fixtures. <laughs> Sunderland, they have United, and then they have Burnley uh, away. Then Liverpool, and then it's uh, Stoke in game week 21. Um, I don't know. Hard to predict those fixtures. But he has been scoring even away in difficult matches. So I, I, I think that he's he's... I don't know if I ever want to call a seven million striker fixture proof, but he's he's in that he's he's close. You know, I mean, he's already scored away to to Man City this season. I think he's probably the safest of those options. So I, I guess if I if I had like a like a theme here, it's that you might want to get into that seven million range for your third striker because you can you can get a little more consistency and it'll probably save you a lot of uh, you know like substitutions and, and disappointing game weeks and things like that. So are, uh, given all this information, we're still not recommending a three, five, two, because this is, this is some dire stuff here. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not much better with a five man midfield. I mean, you're going to run into the same problems there <laughs> with Darun and Kapu out running riot. I mean, okay, well let's let this feeds right into the next topic, Brandon, which is <laughs> fourth. Fourth midfielders. Uh, a lot of people are looking for for new fourth midfield options. Uh, the sexy Sigurdsson option is he's still there, but a lot of people have him, and they still need kind of a fourth player, or they just they need to free up funds to bring in Aguero. Uh, so I mean, at, Sigur- at Sigurdsson's price too, he's priced as a, a third midfielder. He, he is kind of priced as a third midfielder. I mean, I think you can play him as a. Yeah, he's he's right on the cusp. He's he's kind of in between the two, I'd say. So okay, so fourth fourth midfielders. Uh, the one that stands out right now is uh, Jay Rodriguez. Uh, Kuda Godfrey on Twitter says uh, Jay Rodriguez looks like a strike a good striking option for Austin, uh, but class is a midfielder, which means I'm playing a three five two. Uh, good or bad idea? 
I don't know. I guess, you know, I think you could bring in Rodriguez as a fourth midfielder and not have to play a three, five, two. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not anti three, five, two. I just find it slightly complicated and I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't find it to be a good long-term option. I, I feel like I, 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 I'm like a broken record as I've talked about this in the podcast, but I feel like once I'm in a three, five, two, I'm trying to get out of it right away. I'm, I'm trying like, I mean, you know, someone like Anna Chibe, like, you know, it's just like he's, he hasn't done anything the last, what, six game weeks or so, you know, mm-hmm. so it's no one could I mean, have predicted that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we are not fans of, of Victor Anachibi on this podcast. He seems like a really nice guy. But, uh, we're not saying any. We're not trying to disparage the man. I am, actually. I am. I'm oh, going well, you heard here first. This is going to be a real um, like Tupac Biggie thing here, I think, between <laughs> Josh and Anachibi. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, okay, yeah, what do you think about Jay Rodriguez? I love him. I mean, I remember um, when he was part of that um, Adam Lalana and uh, who is the striker who ended up going to Liverpool and then to West Brom? The old guy, Lambert, Ricky Lambert. Right, right. I feel like it was Rodriguez, Lalana, and Lambert. They were a great trio there at Southampton for, for one fun spring. That's true. Um, what a ride. What a ride that was, Brent. Do you remember 2013? I think I was I think I was planning a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jay Rodriguez. He's a fantastic player, and you have to be encouraged with how he looked over the weekend because he's been out with injury for so long. But yeah. that, that's yeah. my one apprehension is guys who have been out so long with injury, um, it's usually not that long before they're they're rested or out injured again. Yeah, there, there's probably some some substitution risk there too. Although you could you could really say that about any player we're talking about, uh, just given given the unpredictability of the Christmas fixtures. So I, I I don't think you can bring in one fixture-proof player outside of my beloved Christian Mateke, who's going to play every 90, 90 minutes every game week. Uh, I think that Jay Rodriguez, yeah, home to Spurs, home to West Brom, away to Everton, away to Burnley, home to Leicester in the next five game weeks. Uh, I think he's a great option. I think. Um, you know, if maybe if you're sick of Firmino, you could go Firmino to Rodriguez and you could take that 2.4 million or whatever it is. And you could turn, you know, Lukaku into Ibrahimovic or something like that. I'm really I'm really <laughs> stretching my brain here, Brandon. <laughs> um what about Joe Allen? So Joe Allen, he, he was out of our minds for some time, but um He's back. He's back in the goals, and that's he was Stoke. he was he was driving us out of our minds for a while. <laughs> he was Ooh. dreamy. Um, <laughs> well, Shavi, you do it to us every time. Um, but that Stoke team looks great, despite them giving up yeah. two goals to a ten-man luster. They still uh, yeah. dominated the first thirty minutes of that, like uh, yeah. like sexy Stoke. I wish they didn't play. They, they play at Liverpool and at Chelsea in the next two game weeks, uh, which is not uh, super exciting. But they play Watford and Sunderland two game weeks after that. So, you know, maybe wait on Allen. Maybe maybe give him a couple weeks. So um, we talked about Jay Rodriguez, but the other Southampton player is Buffal, who's their uh, the 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 Southampton Dimitri Payet. Yep, uh, and yep. it looks like he's French getting, league player. He's getting uh, regular starts now. He's he's very technically gifted, and it looks scored like, at midweek. Yep, and he he uh, looks like he really wants to be a star and to take control of that team. I can see him going for goal. Um, you know, more often, than, most times he touches the ball. Yeah, 
We talked about him way back in episode, like very early on in the season as an interesting player to watch. And yeah, kind of as that, a Pyatt type player. And I think he didn't get injured almost right away. It was, I think yeah. maybe the first, first match when he joined. So yeah. he's really off everybody's radar. Yeah. I think, I think that Buffalo is kind of an interesting option. I haven't really, um, uh, I haven't watched him enough. I don't really know enough about him as a player to, to make any kind of assessment. I mean, at 6.8 million, he's a little pricey for, uh, what what would feel like a complete punt to me? Like I think I'd rather just go Rodriguez. Um, Zaha is a guy we've talked about a few times, but he uh, he's he's being punted into our um, our future African Cup of Nations podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so he has he has basically through the New Year's the post New Year's Day fixtures to play, and then he's off to the tournament. So right. get him while the getting's good. That's right. Uh, James Milner, I think, is a, still a good option at six point six million. He's, uh, you know, he plays every game. He's for you know for for playing as a as a left back. He he really gets forward a lot. And uh, I was I was actually I, I, in another one of my other head to head leagues. I had somebody who needed Milner to score at least six points for me to to beat me, and uh, he did not do it. But I was very nervous during this match. Okay, so we have a handful of fourth midfielders here that were the creme de la creme earlier in the season, but I, I can't even bear to mention them, is uh, hashtag snot is God. Um, he's fallen away from our thoughts. And also Etienne Capu. He's, he's um, as as virtually everyone who listens to this podcast except me predicted, um, is, is just bench fodder at this point. Yeah, Nate Redman, Ross Barkley, Dusan Tadic. It's, yeah. like, it's like all the familiar names, you know, it's just like, it's just no fun to have any of these players. The guys, the midfielders that are at these fourth midfielders, forget it. My mind is actually on uh, fifth midfielders or bench rotation right now. Um, watching the burger play against Swansea. Now Swansea flatters most teams that they play, but uh, like Forshaw, who I've been kind of watching this whole season, and he he takes the occasional free kick. He has a really good shot on him, and uh, he was much more involved in the play over the weekend, getting into the box and um, feeding in those crosses. And he looks good. Yeah, I think that Forshaw is like if I if I were wild carding right now, Forshaw is definitely a player that I would like to bring in. He's in that that uh, Aki uh, category. Um, I think we have a uh, an option here that could segue into our final um, topic of the podcast, Josh, which is our general thoughts on Christmas rotation. So Victor Moses is another potential fourth midfielder option, but we have a few questions about uh, how to play Chelsea during this Christmas, Christmas period and uh, if you should double up on Chelsea defense. So Victor Moses kind of factors into this in that there are so many people that are are worthy of your FPL squad on Chelsea. Virtually everyone on that defense, even Courtois. You've got Costa and Hazard, obviously. And then you've got Pedro and Victor Moses. Now we've all seen uh, Pedro as a rotation risk now that William is healthy again. But I don't see as good an option as Victor Moses is. I don't see how he fits into anybody's team because... If if you don't have both Hazard and Costa, you should probably be thinking of doubling up on their defense. Right. And is Victor Moses going away for the African Cup of Nations, too? He is. Yeah, so he's out. 
<laughs> Sorry, Victor. I really just, tried to. I really tried to work you work you in right right there. Yeah, but it, it I didn't just, work. I just, I just solved that Gordian knot, didn't I? Just, yeah, uh, Martin yeah, Newer sliced it in half. Martin Newer says two Chelsea defense. Espelicueta and Alonso. What, how are you feeling about? So I, I kind of laid it all out there for you, Josh. How you feel about? How do you feel about doubling up on Chelsea defense? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, Uppercut Panda also said, "What's the best uh, Chelsea triple up?" Um, I think that. Yeah, I think a Chelsea defensive double up is fanta- like a fantastic idea, and I actually think that, despite my aversion to having an expensive goalkeeper, I think that a a Pickford, uh, Courtois rotation is a pretty good one. Uh, although, you know, I, I might actually walk that back a little bit. I, I you know, I, I think I spoke before I thought that went through. Brandon. You'd never play Pickford. Well, exactly, and I love Pickford, and he's <laughs> super valuable. So maybe, and maybe Pickford Heaton is still the way to go. You know, it's it's such a. There's just you never know when when one of them is going to get you eight to eleven points, even in a tricky away fixture. So I think. Um, See, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, you could, I mean, you could go Aspilicueta and Alonso and feel pretty good about that. I mean, given how well that defense is performing, I expect more clean sheets to come and uh, they both have enough attacking prowess and they both seem to be just totally hoovering up all the bonus points. Yeah. So it's it's like having a midfielder, a six million midfielder, given how consistent they are. Oh, we haven't, and, we haven't talked about the uh, most hair raising moment of the weekend in which Alonso took that free kick and put it off the underside of the bar and it bounced out. Yeah. Everyone, you must have everyone out there screaming Hazard assist Alonso goal. Yeah. You must have a heart attack there, Brendan. I saw, we talked a little bit about this on last week's episode where I enjoy minor spoilers on social media. So I saw somebody tweet, Alonzo, dear. And uh, I saw they were, uh, him and David Luiz were lining up for the free kick. And I was, and I put my phone down and I was like, this is going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost great, Josh. Yeah, it was almost great. Uh, Shane Dare says, what are your thoughts on the best use of the second wild card? Double game week. Next question. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I, just as a reminder, because longtime fantasy managers, uh, you know, the the original originally the second half wild card had to be used in the month of January. Uh, it can be used at any point now um, in the second half of the season. Uh, I think everyone. I think there was a little too much groupthink last year. I think I've, I talked about this a little bit at the end of last season's podcast. But uh, I thought I waited too long to use my wild card last season. I think right. I could have. Um, I kind of just waited until the double game week fixtures were announced and then played my wild card. Right. Uh, whereas I waited until I think game week 33 or something like that. And it was just, it was too late for me um, to make up the ground I wanted to in the, in my, you know, in our mini league. So those managers uh, who didn't live through that and to explain it to Shane, we don't mean to say like you play the wild card going into the double game week. So the way the chip system works is you can only play one chip at a time. So you, the double game week is when you want to play your bench boost or your triple captain on a player that has two match weeks and in, in one game, has two matches in one game week. So Shane, you want to play your double, you want to play your wild card the week prior to the double game week, so you can then play one of those chips in the double game week. That's the in general sh- working right. logic, and I and I hear what you're saying, Josh. Where you might want to plan even farther ahead. Right. And he may know this already and he may just be asking us when we're going to use it. And I, I can't imagine using it before. Well, last year was a bit of an exception because all the double game weeks didn't come until I think the first one wasn't game week 34. But in most seasons, a double game week, there's at least one, you know, in game week, you know, 30 or 28 or something like that. Usually having to do with the um, 
with the uh, League Cup. So, or, or the, I mean, the, because the FA Cup stuff happens a little bit farther down the line, but, um, you know, like we, uh, there's like bad weather in England, you know, sometimes like a games get suspended. And I remember a couple of years ago when it was like really windy and like there were all these matches that just didn't get played. Um, it was like, it was like, it was like I, I everything. Don't know if I remember that. It was like, it was around the holidays, I think. And it was like, all the matches on Saturday were played, and then like none of the Sunday matches happened because like there's like extreme wind conditions in Northern England or something like that. So it was like, I don't know, it was a weird, it was a weird game week. But uh, so you know, so something like that happens, we could have a random wild, uh, you know, a random double game week uh, early on in the season. This um, season needs so I think a double it's too game early. week, man. Yeah, it does. But I, I think it's too early to tell. To be yeah, and a double game week is also what helps you get past those dead teams. Yeah, it, because it, you know, because you can plan for it. Yeah. you can double up on the right players, and then you just shoot past a ton of players. Yep, yep. The special one hashtag FPL says thoughts on Bellerin. The fixtures don't get better than theirs over the next six. So um, Arsenal has had some real difficulty yeah. keeping clean sheets. And Bellerin, obviously one of the best right backs in the league. But where are the points coming from? It is true that you can't do much better than West Brom, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, and Swansea in the next four game weeks. I do think, that, not to be a broken record here, but I, I do think there'll be some rotation that said, uh, I don't have Alexis Sanchez right now, and I, I'm definitely feeling feeling a little nervous about that going into uh, game week 18. Yeah, yes, is Sanchez will be. Well, I don't know if Sanchez will be rotated. The whole the whole narrative of Sanchez, like if he's fit, he plays, and he he demands that he plays. But Wenger's already said he's going to rest him over the winter break. But is that does that mean there's one game he doesn't play, or is that just like? He doesn't, you know, he comes off the bench in one match and then he doesn't play in the FA Cup match in January or something like that. So, you know, like, I don't know. It's But they just lost a big match. You know, I mean, they've actually lost two matches in a row. So I don't think you lose away to Everton and Man City back to back and then you suddenly start resting your players, right? You need like a couple big wins to kind of Or are you losing those the matches fire. because your players are all completely um, shattered? Right. Well, this is this is the long, you know, it's the complaint about about Wenger. So I don't know. I mean, I think um, the commentary picked up during the second half of that Man City game where Arsenal basically uh, disappeared from the pitch. But they have a long. Yeah. I mean, but the next match isn't, you know, so they have eight days between matches. So, I mean, it's a pretty long time. It'd be nice if, you know, I'd like to think that. It's an easy rest week for them. I I, I would think that Sanchez would play in the West Brom game. I, I think that he probably won't play. And I really, I know the question was about Hector Baron. Uh, I think he, I think he won't play one of those four. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have Nacho Monreal, and uh, I kind of want to get rid, you know. And I think I probably will long term for for. A, I, I might do the Chelsea defender double up. Yeah, but um, but I guess I've got to keep him for a couple more weeks. I am in a hilarious situation where I've just been um, fielding Ozil all season, and I've dropped guys like Sadio Mane so I can uh, have the the joy and the luxury of watching Ezit Ozil walk around a, a soccer pitch <laughs> right. for ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Oh, anyway, uh, last question comes from FPL Booster with Southampton likely rotation. Uh, should I move Cedric to Gabrielle? So this is another Arsenal defensive question. Um, and Gabrielle would be the budget option while Mustafi is out tending to his hamstring. Um, yeah. Cedric, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if 
he's a guy that's missed the last two game weeks. He was ill, but um, he was running his ass off over the weekend. And yeah, I think he'll be fit going into the festive period. I'm not yeah. totally and they play West. Yeah, and they play, they play West Brom and Bournemouth and two of the next four. So I and I, apparently Perry Murdersacker is training with the team again. So I, I think that he might get a he might get a fixture in one of these matches. Oh, it'll be a good Christmas for the Murdersacker family. How sweet! That's right. That's right. I could see that. Maybe that. Well, okay, you don't want to play Murdersacker at home to Crystal Palace, right? That's like the worst possible match for Murdersacker. <laughs> Maybe a way to Bournemouth. That, that's a good Murder Sacker game. A lot of, a lot of, well a lot of white guys. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess so. But all those, I mean, like, like what about if Zaha takes him on one-on-one? Well, yeah, that's not going to be pretty. Right. right It'll be exactly. so cool, though, because I, I bet Pearl will wear a Santa hat during the game. <laughs> I hope he does. Uh, all right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, Did we answer the it. question? Uh, the, the question is, I, I wouldn't make that move. That's my, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, FPL Booster, there's your answer. Um, Josh, let's preview Game Week 18 after this quick break. Same old podcast, always shading. All right, we're back. Brandon, let's just quickly talk about uh, Game Week 18. Uh, what's your clean sheet pick for Game Week 18? Uh, Josh, my clean sheet pick, I am going to go for... Uh, God, I can't be boring and pick Chelsea uh, hosting Bournemouth, but I feel like it's Chelsea. Okay, I'll go with... Because because um, the great Ake can't play, how is Bournemouth going to score? Well, that's, that, that is fair. I'm going to go with Burnley hosting Middlesburger. So you think Negredo's one-game streak of scoring a goal is going to come to an end already? I, I do, I do. He's... Uh, it's it's a one game streak, Brandon. Well, speaking of rotation, Sam Vokes was uh, started on the bench over the weekend, so I think he's ripe and ready to score on Victor Valdez. But uh, Valdez looked pretty good in that match, didn't he? He did. He shaved his head. Now he's he's back to that bald look. I thought yeah, it was Brad look. Guzon from a distance for a moment. <laughs> uh, captains, who's your captain this game week? I think I, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I've got to go Ebra. You've got to back your man at home to Sunderland. Uh, and it is with some trepidation, as I was kind of alluding to earlier in the podcast, because Latan well, he scores some great goals, but he never looks like he never looks like when Van Persie was was on fire and he was just going to score a hat trick at will. But still, there he is. There's my man, armband, Slatan. What about you? Uh, I think Alexis Sanchez is the. Uh, I actually don't have my team. I, I didn't. I don't even know how I would get him in for this game week. But uh, he is, uh, I think, maybe the best captain choice this game week. Yeah. So uh, transfers. I actually banked a transfer going into game week eighteen. So I have two. And speaking of Sanchez, I'm looking at ways to turn Ozil into Sanchez, and I'm going to have to cut money out of. Something so it maybe I just go I, I I have to get rid of Walcott as well, which I'm not too excited about because Walcott is sort of the the odd silver lining with that Arsenal team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tricky one. I I think that is fine though. I mean, Walcott is so frustrating because he doesn't pick up any bonus points. I mean, he's 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 good value for his price, but he's just not he's not essential the way that Sanchez kind of is. 
Yeah, I was I was this close to I could um, I just had enough money in the bank to turn Walcott into Erickson going into this game week, and I would have really been kicking myself had I done that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, who knows what Erickson's going to do uh, coming up? But he looked good. I mean, he looked better than Kane in that Burnley match. He had a couple moments where he could have scored. But you can tell he's got a taste of blood in his mouth. Yeah, and he's going, yeah. he's he's looking for goal every time he touches the ball. So I would be. Yeah. Happy to have him in my midfield if I did. Yeah, what am and I uh, uh, yeah, and transfers. Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, I, I really, honestly, don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I might burn four and bring in someone like Sanchez. I might, I might actually bank my transfer um, and start preparing for bringing in Aguero. I'm really your ten. It's your, your ten guy move. That's coming. Yeah, up. exactly. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to figure out right now. I. I I mean, like it, it could be one of those game weeks where you just say, "Screw it! I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna burn down the house, burn eight, like totally rejigger my team." Yeah, uh, it might be worth it because um, I don't know. I just I need to I need to change things up a little bit. So so yeah. we'll see. I have a few problem areas in my team. I mean, the 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 Watford contingent here with Britos and Capu is, is well documented, but um, Iannaccio. I do wonder if he'll get a start against Hull because he has not started the last two matches. Um, I don't know what Pep's thinking there is, if he's just moved on to a different philosophy that doesn't involve him, um, or maybe because they're playing against one of the most garbage teams in the league that Nacho gets a run out. Yeah, I really, I really, it's hard to say. I'm kind of tempted to keep him and see what happens. Yeah, I know. It's got to be frustrating to do that, though, on the heels of, what, two points over three game weeks? So I think I think my move here is to play my two transfers and and do something exciting with my midfield. I'm going to ride out Iannaccio for one more week, but I have to be sure that I have funds to turn him into um, something a little more viable after this whole, whole situation for City. Yeah, makes sense. Is All that right. it? Did we do the podcast? <laughs> That's it. Uh, cool, can, Josh. Yeah, you can uh, find us. You already you already found us, but if you want to recommend it to somebody else, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can leave us a review. Yeah, Josh, uh, can, I, I want to say something about this. Okay, so we've asked people to donate to our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. If you don't do that, do this for me. It doesn't cost you any money. Go to the iTunes store and rate this podcast five stars because you like it. I mean, if you if you really like our podcast, rate it five stars. But <laughs> just do that for me. It's free and it takes just a second. And give us a nice rating there on iTunes. It would make me so happy. All right, that's that's very nice. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn. We're also in all those places. Uh, we also post the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. You can listen right from those sites. Lots of different ways to hear us. And um, we're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and where can they find us on on Twitter? And sure, at uh, Hail Cheaters is our Twitter handle, and uh, where we're 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 in touch with you in real time on Twitter. What a wonderful thing! Facebook, we're <laughs> at uh, facebook.com slash always cheating, where we're posting our head to head showstoppers league results uh, when I ultimately get around to it, um, and we're answering your emails if you have lengthier questions or you just hate social media and prefer the. The uh, venue that is email, you can send us a note at hailcheaters at gmail.com. That's right. And, uh, yep, once again, you can support the podcast. You know, I forgot to say this earlier, Brandon, but 
uh, we mentioned this on last week's episode, but if you you know if you win either the knockout league or the second half league, we're going to have you on the podcast as a guest. So uh, whether that's something you want or not uh, is up to you. Uh, I, I could see uh, it's going to be like us giving away our pins. Everyone's going to be like, "It's cool that I won the league and everything, but uh, I'm good. I don't really need." <laughs> yeah, that. no, but come on the podcast. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> I guess we should also wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. We won't talk to you until uh, next week after Christmas is come and gone. Yeah, that's right. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, et cetera, et cetera. And we will be back with the pod uh, next Wednesday, I, th- I think it is, uh, ahead of the, the next round of fixtures. So don't, yeah, we're gonna, don't be Exactly. Scared. We'll be back on Wednesday we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, after the Box City matches, and we'll be talking about game weeks 19 and 20. In the meantime, good luck in game week 18, Josh, and to all of our listeners. Uh, hashtag hail cheaters. That's oh, ha- right. hashtag Hazard, I believe. I thought, right, everyone, <laughs> through the power uh, of positive thinking, I want to see all those tweets out there. I believe. I believe. All right. More, all right. Uh, hashtag Embakani forever and hashtag have mercy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Josh. Merry Christmas, Brennan. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.